0: rejoice and be glad in and lord we thank you that jesus is our savior our maker our creator our all in all and we bless you for this day And we thank you for blessing us to see this day. Father, we thank you that we can put aside everything, all the weights and all the anchors and everything that would try and encumber us to this world. And reach up into heaven where you reside and receive everything that you have for us this day. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, today we're going to talk about the fact that our substance is spiritual. Our substance is spiritual. The substantial part of us is spiritual, you know it's spirit. John three: six tells us that that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we are born of the spirit and we are spirit. We live though still in a material body because we have to live on this earth. To walk out the life of Christ the ordained life that God had for us from the foundation of the earth from the first creation he ordained that we would have the life that we have now. So the life that we have now was not a life that it's not a life that was kind of an afterthought after the fall. It's not a plan B life. This is the plan A life that God had for us. And so we are walking now in the redemption of God, but it is his divine plan for us to be here on the earth at this time, in the condition that we're in. Uh, some more some less you know what I'm talking about we working on it but uh, he has ordained <coughs> the spirit life for us so, but our substance is spiritual, that which we live out of. When I say substance, I say, I mean that to say the stuff that we're made of, you know, the stuff that's our innermost, that's the real, as Brother Hagin used to say, the real you. And uh, the you that God connects with is definitely spiritual. So <clears throat> that which is flesh. Actually died by the same action of the same faith that caused us to be born of the spirit. So when we were born of the spirit we actually died to the flesh. And so that same power that raised us up. From in, in the newness of life or raised up our spirit man or caused our spirit man to be born again actually crucified the, the flesh all in one motion on one action. So it's a continual action as we yield to the substance of the spirit a continual action is giving death to the flesh. And giving death to the self life. And so it's, it's, there are times when we are tempted to be led by the flesh life. You know how it is. The enemy will cause things to go missing in our lives, you know, or cause things to take too long, etc., etc. And your flesh gets this urge on the inside of him to try and dominate your life but if you yield to the spirit that flesh man will shrink away and continue his death spiral until there's not a whole lot left of him you know uh, that will will hinder your life of the spirit because the spirit life is so much more powerful Uh, there's so much more to it and it's so much more enjoyable for us as born again people i think a lot of the the things that we we do or we get involved in that are negative things have to do with habits of thought patterns... Rather than real desires, real needs, real whatever. Uh, Sometimes we can allow the soul life to kind of gain some impetus with us. You know, that kind of thing. You know, the enemy gets us ensnared uh, in the soul life. Uh, Sometimes he'll, he'll bring people into our lives that we admire or like or something like that. Before we know it, we picked up habits of theirs or habits of thinking like them that are not good. You know. They they just don't edify. And so the thought that God has to pick our friends for us really is a turn off for a lot of people. Because they feel, oh, I got a right to have. It doesn't matter to God. now I'm getting them saved. You know, that kind of thing. And so it, it, that's not the truth all the time. There are some things that, you know, if we knew how much God loves us, how possessive he is. Over what and how valuable what he's deposited in us is, I think we'd be more inclined to let more things go, and not struggle so much with them because the struggle really comes from us and our decision not to let things go. You know that's really what it is, and we're struggling over a dead man. You know because that man of the flesh will never avail us anything it won't get us anywhere but sometimes you can't tell that to people they have to go down that dark road and kind of experience that for themselves and they'll find out when they get to the end of it that there's no substance there you know it's just it's not satisfying it's not what I thought it was that was the worst decision I made in my life and all of that and you'll see people tragically make those bad decisions over and over and over again because they they continue to be lured away and follow uh, something other than spiritual substance and so we're going to talk about how important it is to follow spiritual substance and, and what that is about but when you receive Christ you received a whole person in your spirit. You know, there's not a seed of God or fragment of God. You received wholeness and completeness uh, within you, and uh, we have to take heart in that, be confident in it, and yield to it as much as possible. There's no such thing as I'm a baby Christian and I can't do certain things. Uh, when Jesus was first born, he was a threat to the whole world. You know, they, they knew there was power there. They knew there was a challenge there, and so that that. Is ...is the same thing with us... ...even as new believers... I think one of the things that we've been able to prove out through this ministry is that people didn't have to sit around and wait for years before they could learn how to be effective in prayer. You know, you just kind of pick up the word and start using the word and you get like a corporate effectiveness, but you still get the benefit of that faith and those prayers yourself. And so we, we realized that the book of Acts is like that close to us because that's what new believers did then. And then Every time there's a revival we would see where new believers would come, receive the Holy Spirit, sit under that teaching for a sec. And go out and be launched into the world with full power because they were immersed in an atmosphere that continually was the spiritual substance. They lived off that spiritual substance. And so when we think about that. We can begin to understand how much of a um, a hindrance sometimes our spiritual or church traditions can be to the growth of a human spirit in God. You know, and so it's good to treasure the times that you have with God away from the assembly of believers, because it's in that time that the substance grows. It, you can examine what you receive when you're with the congregation. and and you can let that be internalized and let that work for you and and get so much more out of your experiences in God because you start to to nurture that substance so you're not trying to get away from church remember the old days you were anxious to get away so you can go talk about everybody that was in church that day well we don't live like that anymore praise God and if we do we need to stop you know what I'm saying but we don't really live like that anymore we live more by, by the spiritual substance that god's put in us and we try to cultivate that that an atmosphere that keeps that substance strong in us so that we don't have these roller coaster lives up and down up and down up and down you know i was real high in the spirit here and then something happened and i got knocked down well you can stay high in the spirit if you realize your life is through that spiritual substance and it's not through what's going on around here in your natural realm So when you understand that and you cultivate, this is your life. The spirit life is your life. This other stuff is going to fade away. You're passing through. It's going to come and it's going to go. What was uh, hot today, uh, you know, as Miss Heidi Klum says, one day you're in, next day you're out. (laughs) With a very German T on the end, you know, out. Out. You know, (laughs) so it's just that way. Things change. Circumstances change. But one thing that doesn't change is your connection with God and that spiritual substance that keeps you connected to him. So we have to respect that, honor that, cultivate it. Uh, Anything that starts to to tear it down or cause it to slip or deteriorate, we need to disconnect from that, you know, and, and protect what's in us. Be just as protective over it as God is. So... so when we're born of the spirit we said we uh, we really, uh really must reckon ourselves dead to sin and the dictates of the flesh we really must and understand that when sometimes when we struggle we struggle because we are not honoring the spiritual substance and allowing it to work in our lives the way God ordained it to work anything that we desire we can get by faith we can get by the exercise of our faith and developing in our faith that is we must desire it sometimes there are things that are good for us but we fight the desire to have those things in our lives you know don't we 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 know it's good for us to you know I know myself I feel a lot better and everything if I lost 40 pounds but I keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off for no reason you know what I'm saying you just hold on to stuff and say oh boy here we go again you make it a chore when it doesn't have to be a chore all it takes really is a decision and just give it over to God and start using your faith on it you know here's another faith project that we can get involved in And so life is like that you know we live out of this spiritual substance and everything that you need for life can come through that spiritual substance through the spiritual door. So we received a whole person when we received Christ you didn't receive a seed or fragment or anything like that you received him in his fullness the Holy Spirit you received the Holy Spirit and he dwells in you and (coughs) each and every believer. He energizes your spirit man with the life of Christ. Hmm. Energizes your spirit man with the life of Christ. This is a spiritual life that's walked out in a flesh body. So you are spirit. You are in a, a flesh body that accommodates you to earth. Your spirit. Causes your body to accommodate to Earth, not the other way around. Sometimes we get it out of out of order, where the flesh wants to start to dominate and let the spirit just kind of trail in behind him. But we're really constructed to function to let the spirit lead and let the spirit go first, and 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 bring everything into line with the Word of God, and then you walk out and prove the will of God in your life. He is 100% spirit. The Holy Spirit is. God is. He is the spiritual substance who leads and guides us. So the Holy Spirit is the spiritual substance who leads and guides us. He has different aspects to his personality. Known as the fruit of the spirit. You know there are nine of them. So love, joy, peace, gentleness, Meekness, goodness, self-control. All of those things come out of the Holy Spirit. That's his character. That's his personality. That's his nature. So when we live for him, the substance in all of its essence is available to us. We don't have to ask God for love. We don't have to ask him for We don't have to ask him it's already inside of you and you just know that's what you need and you begin to yield (coughs) to it. Or you yield to the Holy Spirit and then he provides whichever spiritual substance it is that you need. Sometimes we need peace more than anything. You know, I think we, we just undervalue it. But peace really is a sign of God's approval in our lives. It's uh, uh, You know, he loves us all the time. You can experience the love of God when he doesn't really approve of where you are, what you're doing, and and what you think sometimes. But you can experience his peace that's a sign of of his bond. We're bonded to him in covenant through peace. So that means when, when I do something that God disapproves of, his peace leaves, and then I'm aware of it. And if I'm smart I'll do what I need to do to get his peace back. And you know by the leading of the spirit what you need to do to get the peace with God back. Sometimes you'll get into a a strife with somebody you know you don't set out to but you know the enemy is there to catch us unawares all the time and you know put your foot in a snare and you start striving with somebody and you know that's not good because you get that inner irritation on the inside and you you know you have to learn how to drop your end of the rope and realize you know I don't have to win any argument with anybody I don't have to have the last word I don't need that what I need is peace with God and so you pursue peace as the word says run after it pursue it with everything that's in you so that when you when you stand before God and you have a need he knows you're held there you're held close to him with that bond See, that's a, that's a, it's a bond in the sense that it binds you to Him, but it's also a bond in the sense that it's a surety. It's a down payment on greater things. Just like uh, if somebody, uh, say, for instance, if if you have a business where you have to have access to people's personal property. Say you're a security person or you're a uh, you're you're a a house cleaning company and you have to have access to people's personal property. Most people want you to have so show that you can if something happens to that property, you're good for it. So you have to go out and get a bond. And if you get bonded, that means that there's somebody guaranteeing that if something's missing, they can let them know and they'll come and pay full payment for it. And so when we have the bond of peace with God, that's a down payment on whatever it is that we've negotiated through spiritual substance that belongs to us. So when you have peace with God, that's your surety, that's your 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 uh, down payment, that's your guarantee. That peace guarantees that you will have the things that you desire if you don't let go. So you've got to hold on. He's not going to chase you down and bring that to you if you're not doing your part to stay in covenant with him. And so that peace then becomes... Pretty much the essence of of understanding your location spiritually speaking. So you you locate yourself with the amount of peace you have on the inside of you. If you have a lot of turmoil, then you go to God and and seek peace. You know, God, I'm I'm not feeling good about this. Uh, I don't don't have an answer here, and uh, I'm I'm gonna ask you for an answer if I don't get it right there let me have your peace so I know the answer's on the way you got me this these this is how you negotiate uh, through the realm of the spirit and this is how you maintain uh, spiritual integrity and deal with things by spiritual substance so when God <clears throat> wants to take he says he will take care of us he does it by the spiritual substance that leads us and guides us into all truth all things that are possible all things that are promised all things that are desires of ours that he puts in our hearts not the things that your carnal man craves for there's a difference between a spiritual desire and a carnal craving And so we have to know the difference. He teaches us the difference. I can remember thinking many years ago. I I met some people. Some ladies in a Bible study. And I had been wanting to do some different projects. And. I was doing okay with the projects, but I thought, boy, it sure would be nice if I knew somebody who could, uh, do the artwork, you know, and do drawings. And so I met one lady, she was an artist, and, and, uh, so, and I called her one day, I said, you know, I think God wants us to work together. She said, really? I said, honey, it's not me. You know, just as plain and simple, and I thought, well, how dare she insult me like that? This has gotta be God. You know, because I asked, and there these people showed up. But see, I didn't understand spiritual substance and how that works. And I tried several times, I ran into another lady who was an artist. I tried several times to make that work, it never worked. And I realized later that I was looking in the natural realm for things that he was going to bring from within. And if you don't have it, Planted within if you're just shopping on the outside looking for things the enemy will find all kinds of things to get you involved in one lady said oh yeah I've been praying too, and we're going to do this and that never happened. She would do a couple of drawings and then get depressed and have a conflict about something. And well I don't know you know we probably need to get somebody to get us a contract together and blah this and blah that. My artwork is very important to me and you know so you get entangled in nonsense looking in the natural. And so I went back to God and I said, God, something's wrong. He said, "Yes, yeah, something's wrong. I'm not telling you to do that with those people. He said, if I give you a work to do, he said, you let me bring into your life who you need when you need them. You got me? And so later on, I found that there was such a thing as clip art <laughs> that you could get, you know. And you clip people out of your life <laughs> that you don't need. Huh? Sure. And you clip in and paste what you do need. Very simple. And and God showed me that. He said, I don't need a lot of people to carry out my will. He said, never have. He said, all I need is somebody who's willing to be responsible and to come to me. And when I need something, I can, they're committed to get it done for me. He said, I'll bring the people you need. He said, they may stay in your life, but for a season. But I'll bring those people that you need. You got me? And so that taught me how to negotiate the things that I needed for what God was giving me to do and in my personal life. Through a spiritual substance called faith and so after that he took me on a faith journey that I've been on ever since and he's been able to show me how everything that we need in life comes through this spiritual Substance, You got me? It has to be dealt totally with in the spirit. When it manifests in the natural, that's when you know the spiritual negotiation is complete. It comes in its season. It doesn't come ahead of season. It comes in its due season. So when we have a need, we can see natural areas of need, but they still have to be negotiated for through that spiritual substance. They cannot be negotiated in the natural. In other words when you see something and in the natural realm you might say oh well that's nice you know when I get my so and so and such and such I want one just like that. But you don't just run out and try to grab it because you see it right away. You have to go through the realm of the spirit if it's going to work and if it's going to be God. I hope people will hold on to this understanding because there are so many ways to build things that look like they're God through natural means especially in this area of mass communication and mass ability to reach tons of people at one time you can get the false impression that God is telling you to step out and do certain things and see you might be a while down the road before you look back and see the fruit doesn't validate that the spirit of God is manifesting there at all see and so we have to be careful to stay with the spiritual method and spiritual root of of accomplishing for God and getting the things that we need in our lives. So, we're going to talk a little bit about the spirit realm. <clears throat> in the spirit realm, we connect from within to a place that is without. So, you connect from within to a place that is without. God hears us from heaven, okay? He lives in heaven. And so we must reach out to him 2nd Chronicles 714 says that if you know my people call by my name when you humble yourself pray seek your his face turn away from carnality turn away from selfishness turn away from the cravings all of that stuff he'll hear from where heaven and send healing down to us Matthew 619 uh, six nine, Jesus taught the disciples to pray. Said that Matthew? He said, Our Father which art in heaven. So God the Father still resides in heaven. Jesus is sitting at his right hand. There's an altar set up there for our needs. For our prayers. For our desires. They sit there on the throne waiting for us to send up requests, needs, etc., etc., so that we can receive what we need from heaven God says when you approach Jesus said pray on this manner our father which art in heaven holy righteous honorable is your name always go to God honoring him and lifting him up as God and you get the right God if you dial another number you might get somebody else amen if you try to be too familiar if you try to be too cutesy and too cool and all this kind of stuff you might get the wrong address you understand what I'm saying? Always honor God. Always lift him up. Always adore him. Magnify him. Make him real big. And then God sometimes will send a confirmation of his presence. In fact, most more more often than not, he will. But if the presence isn't there, you do the right thing anyway. We don't go by feelings. We go by faith. And so when we... Worship God though, He always will send a confirmation of peace. That he has received. You got me. He hears people who aren't spirit filled. As well as spirit filled people. You got me. And so he will answer those prayers. He'll hear the prayers of people who aren't saved. He'll hear the prayers of people who are mixed groups of people. He has mercy on whom. Whoever he wants to have mercy. And so that. But faith must be exercised. So that people can reach him. I was uh, thinking about the. Um. Remember the football, um, the basketball player that, uh, either was sick or had a heart attack or a, a referee or somebody had a heart attack on the field and the players gathered around him and prayed the Lord's prayer and that man got up the EMTs got him and when he got to the hospital he was pretty much pronounced healed when he got there you know and so um, God connects with us through the spiritual substance see that they offer up that substance through prayer and believing you know God we're looking to you because this looks very hopeless and whoever whoever's brain their heart clicked and said that's what we need to do God honored that you know and, and he stood right there over that man until his spirit was able to work and get him back functioning again so never discount when that spiritual substance is honored and when that spiritual substance is released down here on earth so that God can see it up in heaven he can receive it up in heaven so he says God responds by sending to earth what we need What we request. What we desire. He will not send the dog if you ask for the cat. So make sure if you want the cat, ask for the cat. Don't mealy mouth with God. It's best if you pray the word. If you pray his word, you speak his language. And you understand one another. You you understand one another very well. And so um I was thinking about some of the ways that sometimes that we interpret uh different words and and God will send what we what we uh say and what we what reflection we have on the inside of us. For instance the scripture uh it says um uh, uh I think what Psalm yeah, one of the 50s says my heart is fixed Trusting in God, I use that for somebody that had a weak heart one time, and that person's still alive. That was over fifteen years ago and And I always use now you may use fixed as stable. Because it sounds like it means my heart is stable, trusting in God. But when I saw fixed, I saw repaired. And so I said, my heart is fixed, trusting in God. You see? And so God is so so accommodating that way. He's not mincing the Greek and the Hebrew with us. You understand what I'm saying? He's... Right in there understanding the desire of our hearts. So the Holy Spirit is able to read the thoughts and intents of our hearts through that spiritual substance. So spiritual substance can do all of these things. If you mess up the prayer or you mishmash the prayer or you read slow or you know the words seem too big for you to read. You don't understand all of that. God understands all of that. He understands you're going after something that's going to help him get in down here on earth. All he wants is a faith operating entry into the realm of of the earth so he can help us. So he hears from heaven. He responds by sending to earth what we need, what we ask for, and what we desire. It is delivered to us through a spiritual substance called faith. So when you ask in faith, you send faith out. God sends faith back to hold you down until it gets there. You got me? So it's like it's like a delivery system to keep you satisfied. See this thing about prayer and believing God is not hard. People make it hard through unscriptural experiences, and then they teach them as fact you know faith really is not hard it's like you go into a restaurant and the restaurant people know you're more than hungry when you get there especially if they got to give you those little discs with the number and you know I go back out to my car and if they tell me 40 minutes I might go someplace else or go home and cook I can cook (laughs) Or warm something up quicker. To, you know what I'm saying. But they give you that. And okay you know you're out with people. And they're all excited about being there. But you got 40 minutes. I'll go through my purse if I'm hungry. And see if I got a mint or a hall. Or some crumbs. from. Right. That's why they create appetizers. To hold you over. Until the full meal comes. Faith is your appetizer. When God sends back the peace and the substance of faith that's the thing that you hope for, you send out a faith request, He responds to you with spiritual substance of His faith that is the substance of what you hope for. Hmm? You didn't send that out, you sent out a request. A you know request is it's a, it's some words on a piece of paper as far as we're concerned, and you send it out with the best faith you have, and he responds. There must be a response from heaven for the negotiation to be real. We got so many people saying they believe in God for things that they're not in faith for, and it's not so much. That they don't desire what they're asking for, but they're assuming faith with no substance. Substance keeps you happy till the meal comes. You understand me? It, 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 it fits right into that empty hole that used to be what you call the need. The substance of faith is shaped just like that thing that you're asking for. So it fits right into your spirit. And you have a sense of completeness and you know that God will do what he says he's going to do. You have a knowing in there. Because we live and we, our substance is spiritual. It's not natural. You don't have to see anything to believe God's going to do something for you you don't have to see a thing because your your substance is totally spiritual You don't have to know somebody else that got something from God. Even though we do that, the word helps us. But there are countries all around the world where they don't have a Bible. People don't have a Bible. They're just crying out to God and reaching out to God. And God will deposit in them that hope, that faith, the courage, the peace, everything that they need in order to continue on. Before there was Bibles printed, God talked to people and gave them total confidence in if there's there's a spiritual way to connect to God for everybody our problem sometimes is we we divorce one thing and jump on something else instead of carrying all of these things with us as our, uh, our as part of our inheritance so that we can can get to know God in a greater way <laughs> so when we when god God hears from heaven responds by sending to earth what we need, it is delivered to us through spiritual substance called faith. It is the substance of things hoped for hebrews eleven verse one Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So it deals with the invisible realm. It's spiritual substance that testifies about the invisible realm. It tells us about the invisible realm. It gives us assurance about the invisible realm. God delivers the, the the manifestation of it. The earthly manifestation. But it's been real in the spirit ever since before you asked for it. These things are locked up in God. He tells you about them through your needs. Through your desires. Through what you want. Through what you perceive is going to be necessary for you to complete your life. And live a happy and productive life. You get all of that through him. You get your desires from God. You get your desire to live a happy life from God. You get your ability to to, uh, envision what God has for you from God. Quit looking at what other people have. Quit comparing yourself to other individuals. I don't care if they're spiritual people. Let yourself rest in the knowledge that God has what he has for you for you you got me uh, your your biggest challenge is going to be to find out number 1 what it is and number 2 how to get it here and how to possess it and stay <laughs> stay with it most things that have to do with relationships that we have a hard time possessing because we think there's too many va- variables in there you know what if what if this goes wrong what if that we don't do that with anything material 'Cause we're willing to take a chance, huh? Oh, them shoes! What did them shoes go wrong? What? What you talking to yourself like that? Stop it, devil! I rebuke you. But when you talk about marriage or relationships or having a family or what if they oh what if I what if I'm the worst mother in the world listen that trophy's already been won by many 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 people. you understand me? We got Mrs. Jesse James Mrs. Charles Manson people get all kinds of crazy fearful ideas because they're trying to get things in a natural realm and depending totally on the natural whatever God brings into your life he remains in your life to help you manage it help you maintain it help you sustain it help you enjoy it if you are married you got to have God 24 7 to help you enjoy life See, if you're single, you gotta have God 24/7 to help you enjoy life. So I mean, it, it just you you don't ever think about getting this from God and then dropping Him and go off and enjoy it. That's just wrong thinking. Don't think about trying to hide it from God and get it anyway, so He don't He don't really know you got somebody living with you that you said I do to, that you know is not right for you, scripturally speaking. You know, I was reading something. I think somebody had something on Facebook the other day about. uh, uh, (laughs) It was was kind of funny. I looked at it. I said, "That ain't right." That brother shouldn't put that on there. It was a a wedding ring, and it says, "This is the smallest." What did he call it? Shackle. Yeah, the smallest shackle known to man. (laughs) But he was talking about Christians who get involved sexually before marriage and then marry that person trying to clean it up. Doing everything behind God's back. Oh, we're married now. It's okay. Biggest mistake you will ever make. Because some of these people are professional fornicators. You know, your heart will be broken because they'll go behind your back. So like you went behind God's back, they'll go behind your back now you're stuck with them. And so I thought it was pretty appropriate. It hit you hard when you first said it. But I said that brother told nothing but the truth right there. Because I think that's what happens with many people who get married in the church. You know some people go to church to find somebody you know that's we we have a lot of people come here and visit they look around they don't see the young women don't see any men and so forth and so on and they keep moving which is good because God has people really want him that he'll send you know and so you you know sometimes those people can change but if that's all they're looking for that's all they're looking for you know I want to the church guys they they keep a job they don't sleep around you know it's all the the don'ts the legal Want that kind of stuff. And so you want the person that God has for you. Whether they're sitting here or not, God can still have you find them. You know, and you don't have to go scouring the internet, you know, searching for anybody. No. That seldom works out. You know. God God's not the God of of, you know, surfing. He's you know, he's a faith God. You don't have to have much you know, if you're on there looking at pictures you don't know if that's them really, but you're looking looking by sight. You know, God wants you to live by faith. So he'll, he'll bring that person to you by faith. You know, Christian mingle or Christian match or whatever they call it. You know, light your fire, <laughs> send you to hell, whatever they call it. You know, their websites. You don't need that. You really don't. Now, there are some people who have a relationship with God and can navigate through those things. And and find the right person. But you got to have that relationship with God. He's got to send you there for that to work for you. So don't just go jumping on things. You know, poor somebody we know, poor thing found a husband. And I said, they want to get married in a hurry when it's not God. Anybody who's trusting God will take their time. Got engaged and hooked up with somebody and found it hard to get rid of them thought it was God until it was time to jump the broom and then they got cold feet and so we have to realize that God works through spiritual substance we are spirit amen and God works through spiritual substance to bring to us the things that we desire so we are to be moved spiritually not naturally be moved spiritually but not naturally God will speak to us through the nine fruit of the spirit that's how he communicates with us what he does what he wants what he desires when we go to him in meekness and humility we we show the fruit of the spirit so that we can negotiate spiritually speaking with him so substance <clears throat> Hebrews eleven one. faith is the substance of things hoped for evidence of things not seen by faith the elders obtained a good report and through faith we have understanding so if we understand through faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God we understand by the same faith that our world is framed by the word of God it's structured, put together, stands strong stands able because of God's word and if we are to build a life of faith or a life in God we have to use the same building blocks that he used to build everything that he built and that is the word and his spirit coming into agreement whenever you see something in the word of God that is for you the Holy Spirit will grant witness to it He will attest to the fact or testify or give you a witness, a confirmation, an inner impression, an inner peace, an inner substance that tells you that God is speaking to you and he has made that word come alive in you. That word actually will be deposited in you and grafted in you if you endeavor to hold on to it. All you have to do is make a decision to hold on to the word. Say God you know what I like that. I'd like to see that happen for me. And I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to make it a part of my life. You make it a part of your life by Allowing it to work its work inside you. If God tells you that he is going to lead you to a new residence or a new place to live. The first thing you do is you receive it by faith. You get that substance. You get that, that understanding on the inside of you that this is for you. And then you begin to negotiate with God through the Spirit, what it is that you desire? It's all done through the realm of the spirit. You might have to look at fifteen hundred brochures. You might look have to look at five hundred uh, uh, pictures. You might have to make a a list 15 different times. But as you negotiate in the realm of the spirit with God. Checking in with him. What is he giving me more substance for? What is he giving me more peace for? How is he doing this? Then that thing begins to come together for you. And the same Holy Spirit that led you in the word to it will lead you to it in the natural. Just get up one day and he'll say let's go look. And as you, it's almost like a little tracking device on the inside of us where the Holy Spirit will take you. Say, for instance, I, I know when I was looking for my house, I got in the car with the, sometimes we even drove the realtor around. <laughs> We've we'd been looking for so long. And uh, uh, we tell Pam, come on, get over in here with us. We driving today, girl. Come on, we take you to lunch or whatever, whatever. We knew it was time with the schmooze, you know. But she, she seldom got really Tired of us. Which was God too. Took a year to find a house. Anybody take you to a uh, looking for a house uh, for a whole year. You know you got to have God in there. Finally the house was was available that we were to get. And uh, it was just like a tracking device. You know uh, we went to see several. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. You know it's peace of God and so you know because he puts you before the things that are available and the Holy Spirit says no to everyone except what belongs to you I'll tell you I'll let you know and so that's how you can go into these things with confidence go into with trust and assurance that that is what God has for you you have his best for you there's no doubt about it there's no such thing as coming back a year later and say I never should have done this this was the wrong move for me Uh, none of that unless you're crazy enough to let the devil talk you out but but which people do you know the devil never leaves you alone when you make the right decision if you let him he'll continue to hang around you and bug you and tell you you should have done this you should have done that why would you do this this is the wrong thing so if you let him keep talking to you he'll talk to you but when you know that you know that you know by the spiritual substance that God led you to what it is that you have then you go ahead and you receive what God has for you so the substance of faith is our emissary and our confirmation he sends out to us a reassurance that yep god heard you yep it's a go yep it's on the way yep it's it's made already yep he's ready to lead you yep it's it's on the on the books for you it's written down so we send out faith god sends substance back And seals it in us with another spiritual substance called peace. So all the way down the line this thing is spiritual. It's never in the natural. It's never carnal. It's never anything that you've seen before. It's never anything that. And the good thing about God. If you believe uh, 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 Ephesians is it. 320 he does exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think it'll be more added besides there'll be more added i know this this truck that i got it's a miracle because i asked god for a miracle i said god you got a miracle and a blessing for me somewhere would you please show me where it is today that's all I said and he led me down the street and I saw this truck there and it looked almost new. It looked like it was maybe a 2005 or six, and I thought to myself that couldn't be it because my blessing is in X number of dollars is not in X number of dollars but I went ahead and received it from God, even though my brain was doubting, my heart said, go ahead and receive it. You got me? So you have to fight your head to get into your heart. I'm going to say it again. See, people people like to let their flesh get involved in too much stuff. Your head will be telling you you got to have certain things. And you think your heart's in it until you get it. Then you find out your heart's not in it, God's not in it. It blows over real quick and so I knew that my heart was in it even though when we presented it to a person that was going to help us decide if that was for us they told us oh no it could be this, this, this It's going to take so much money blah, 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 blah and they even showed us something else they thought was more suitable. And when we saw what was involved with that I told Tone, I said you know what God won't steer us wrong. I said let's go back to what we originally and sure enough that was what we had for us. I was expecting I said well it's a nice looking looking truck. I said it might have I said I hope it has at least seven seats because we need to get more bodies everywhere we go. It had eight you got me. It had eight, so we have room for that other body that may need to go, you know, with us, etc., etc. And and just the the way that God brought it in, it's a, a you know a, a, a more of a designer model. They have a little more life to them in every aspect. The interiors are better. The, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. And so these are because. In my heart I believe in investing in good quality things and it pays off in the long run. I don't believe in paying through the nose for them though I know my father can do better than that. But you know what I'm saying. I I think high quality things and, and then they'll last a long time. You know you don't see any little Toyota this runner and that runner running around here because I know American made products are far superior and I don't care what everybody else says they just we did it first we do it better ours last longer so you know if 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 Japanese uh you know trucks and SUVs are so superior why ain't the president driving around in them they want us to buy them but that brother get out there, They when they armor them trucks down, they go to GM, number one. Again, they get a big Escalade. They get a big Explorer, a Denali. They get something like that. But you don't see them with no Toyota 4Runners and no brothers like that rushing up in there. So don't, don't play me on that, okay, folks? We got a lot of hypocrisy in leadership. <laughs> We got a lot of hypocrisy in leadership, folks. So let's not go there, okay? If that's what he drives, that's what I drive. I'm I'm packing more valuables than he's packing. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) As a child of God. Amen. So anyway. This is true. You have to look at what people do, not what they say. The doing is the proof of what you really believe in. The doing is the proof of it. Anyway, that was free. (laughs) So we send out faith. God sends back substance. Faith and all the fruit of the spirit that we need to go with it so that we can accomplish what we need. We know that we need to have patience in things and so that's available to us. If it's going to be an immediate thing, we, we, we get the stirring up to go forth and pursue. See, there's a, a stirring of our spirit to give us the impetus to go forth and pursue. We, we're, stirring is more foreign to us, I found out, than patience. Because we can accept God taking forever to do stuff. Even though we don't like it. In our heads we think that's more how God does things. And it may not be true. You need to find out what his timetable is for what it is that you want. But the stirring that comes when it's time to move. I find is more foreign to most believers. Than the slow it down. We like to slow it down. Because we're afraid of... What it's going to take to go in and get the harvest. We're afraid of the labor aspect of it. We're afraid of the confrontation aspect of it. We're afraid of the that 's why most of you are under prophetic ministry because prophets really don 't see the difference between confrontation and waiting. <laughs> we really don 't you know it's just all it 's all God you know, and so um, in fact, most prophets and apostles will try to pursue an attack first because they know no harm, no foul. you know if the door's not open god 'll let you know, but their first inclination is to go out and pursue and get a portion of something first many times in the pursuing they can weed out things that aren't for them you know many and it doesn't bother us to go to go for the same thing at 15 different doors if it's not there we just get up the next morning and try the next door it's no bother the average believer that's really foreign to them because like it's very tedious to them because most people are under pastoral or or teaching gifts and and Pastoral and teaching has to do with just living a life of pursuit of God through waiting. You know, there's no impetus to go in and use your faith and get that door open with your faith. And boom, hit it. If it doesn't open, that's fine. It just wasn't that door. But I'm going to find another one and tomorrow I'm going to keep banging this door until I get it. We don't lay things aside and wait. There's always something on the project table that we can go bang a door with faith and, and get it opened with. And so and so in different, you'll see at different eras of the church history, prophets and apostles are released again to get doors open. And to stir people up to go through open doors. And to stir them up to use their faith to pursue God and, and get things accomplished. There are accomplishing anointings or accomplishing offices, uh, in the body of Christ. And so that's why God has us here, uh, to, to lead the charge. Because <laughs> we're going somewhere. Most, most believers think it's coming to them. The offices of apostle and prophet take you there. You don't wait for it; you go to it, and so this is this is the difference. Makes a big difference in what you can accomplish in a lifetime. So, <clears throat> so anyway, God will will uh, he seals our our His response with a spiritual substance called peace, and this is the nature of the spiritual exchange. You exchange that faith that's sitting in you, doing nothing, gathering dust on your trophy shelf that you brag about. And then you exchange it for something you really want to get in your life. You you stop talking about it forever. And you put your petition, your request before God and that exchange happens. I was speaking with somebody who is a minister over the phone. And they were asking me about something. They said they needed an answer from God on it. This is a word of faith person. And they uh, told me, they said, well, yeah, somebody's given me something and I I just haven't decided, I haven't heard from God what to do with it. And I said, well, you know, I can pray for you and see what God wants you to do. He said, yeah. And then he changed the subject and went on to something. I said, wait a minute, I'm going to pray for you. I said, God will give you an answer now. If he's got one, he can give it to you now. You want it now? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Told him what God said. Ten years later, still hasn't. You understand what I'm saying? Some people ask but they don't want to know. See they don't want to know. Because when the answer's right there if you really want it you'll take the answer and go pursue. Some months later somebody came to him with an offer that fit in with what God said he wanted to do. He thought about it and decided that person wasn't the right person for it. Because they'd been involved in some kind of mischief or something. I said, well, who hasn't been involved in some kind of mischief? (laughs) At least you know what you're dealing with. What about the people in mischief that you don't know? Just, you know, you you can't help some people. You know, you can't help some people. So anyway, but this this is you know uh, we have to understand the spiritual spiritual exchange. When we request, God immediately will send us an answer. He'll give you an answer peace. He'll give you an answer to to with substance. He'll. He'll do that exchange for you in the realm of the spirit and give you a sense of knowing that he heard you, knowing that you have what you say, knowing you need to walk away from that exchange with a confidence of, of greater faith on the inside of you that you know that you don't it's not under question anymore it's not a question anymore it's a real thing and you're on the the right road. So Jesus hears in heaven because he recognizes his image on the inside of you. Call righteousness. When you ask in faith, nothing wavering. If you have ought against any, forgive. So your father can forgive you. And then it's all good. You understand me? It's all good after that. There's stipulations on it because he has to see his image there speaking back to him. In you so that he can give it to you. That's what makes God no respect or persons. He's looking for Christ in you. Your hope of everything that you. This is what you're hinging everything on. That you have a covenant with God through Jesus Christ. Who dwells within you by the Holy Spirit. So he's pretty much talking to himself. And blessing his own righteousness. This is how you. This is how the great ones get everything they want. I mean, they use a little side stuff too, but you know, the ones who really—I'm talking about the people that that you know—you could you could feed a whole orphanage with no money ever. You know what I'm saying? Great ones like that. You know, these people recognize and understand what God's responding to. He's responding to his own image speaking back to him his word by his spirit and he bypasses who the vessel is. I wish I can get you to understand that better because you know people just don't really. That's how he's no respecter of persons. He's not looking at me as Barb somebody who's asked. He's looking at what I put forth through what Christ has done in me. He's looking for his own image there radiating, speaking back to him so he can bless what he's deposited in me. Irrespective of who I am. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God he's not looking at who you are, your rap sheet. It's, it's personal but not. It's individual but not. It's you but it's him. Thank God for it folks. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. See this is you, you you meditate on that for just a little bit and it'll mess your mind totally up, but you'll be so glad for it. <laughs> he really doesn't remember my sins and transgressions. He really doesn't focus on my I'm sure he really isn't looking for that. He really isn't, you know, that's definitely not an issue with him. So when we have that we, we know that, that we can, can have whatever it is that we say. Because of him dwelling in us. It's him in us folks. Not what he did for us. It's him in us. He's in you now. We can move beyond the cross. To our present condition. Christ in us. The hope of Glory. You got me? So, in, and I'm not saying that wasn't important work, but as he dwells in us and we take on his character and we take on who he is, we have a confidence and assurance about things to come. See? Could only get better. I'm more yielded to Christ today than I was yesterday. I'm more interested in being yielded. I'm not, it's not waning. It's getting greater. That's why I can expect to be more healed tomorrow than I am today. Because of him dwelling in me. Colossians nine tells us all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in us bodily. It's all there already. Just got to let him manifest more. Got to yield to him more. But we have access to all of God at all times. Oh, all times. All of God all times. If you're weak, it it helps your weakness. He helps your weakness. You don't know how to pray. He helps that. You don't know how to worship Him. He helps that. Sandy Brown says she was so ignorant of the ways of God. She wasn't raised in a church or anything. Parents weren't no relatives I mean just a desert (laughs) you know (laughs) desert life and she said God started speaking her supernaturally one night through her radio and he told her to praise him and worship him and she walked around her apartment saying praise praise worship worship praise praise worship worship she heard about the gift of tongues. She began to reach out. Somebody told her that would make her closer to God. She wanted to get closer to God. And they talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. She filled up the bathtub with water and got in there. And she felt she should say some words and she said yabba dabba doo like Fred Flintstone. And she said that three or four times and pretty soon a flow of, of heavenly language came out of her. See, if you start out on the right foot, you'll you'll quickly get to know him. You'll quickly get to not doubt God's greatness in you. So, how do we access spiritual substance? By acknowledging God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 tells us to acknowledge him in all your ways. Everything you do. Don't you dare want anything without putting it before God. All you do acknowledge him. And he'll direct you. What you don't let him direct you in, you'll fail at. I'm going to say it again. What you don't let him direct you in, you'll fail at. Hmm? He's not going to let you prosper outside of him. Because he's given you your word, his word. He will prosper you. Why would he let you go off and do what you did before you met him? So <clears throat> Proverbs I'm sorry Psalms 103 and 4 tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and our hearts in his courts with praise. So we know to access spiritual substance through thanksgiving, acknowledgment, praise and worship. God I need so and so and such and such. I can go out and buy it. Huh? But I think I'll I'll just ask you to bring it into my life. Oh, that takes too long. It's gonna take longer for you to finish them payments once you get into debt. Say that. He's faster than payments on your credit card. Mm-hmm. Or robbing Peter to pay Paul when you get over your head. Huh? I can remember older people in God, you know, you get a little age on you, you're not ashamed of <laughs> loving God, <laughs> they would always say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Get up, thank you, Jesus. Sit down, thank you, Jesus. I know what that's about now. Amen. See, when I was younger, I when I, I put away childish things, yes. when I warmed up in God, Amen. you got me. And so you put away childish things, and you begin to understand that they were attempting to in, invite Him in at every opportunity they had. They didn't want anything that God didn't offer anything. They wanted to keep him near. Wanted to make sure he was there with them helping them at all times. And acknowledging their need for him. It's good to acknowledge your need for God. So they always had a a praise on their lips and thanksgiving in their hearts. Always. And it kept them going so we access the spirit through our hearts our core our inner being that's how you access the realm of the spirit from there God breathes his word into our hearts by spiritual substance he breathes his word into our hearts now the word of God is much more than those letters you read on the page in your bible I'm going to say it again See it would have to be for the kind of results that we get. Hmm? When you read God God is going to increase you. That sounds good but it's just pages on the Bible. When God writes it on your heart and breathes life into it on the inside of you. And you see that you go from one prosperity to the next to the next and if you didn't put a stop on it, it would never decrease. The woman with the cruise of oil. Remember? The oil stayed because she had no more vessels to pour it into. So you see the continual blessing that comes when he breathes it into your heart, and it never stops. My husband was, was, had made up his mind early in his career, he wanted to be a plant manager. He got as far as, well, I guess maybe, a rung under or two rungs under and then he said you know i don't think i want to i don't want to go to the next he knew god had him on that path you know and 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 he just knew that if if he didn't stop that process he would be there one day or soon and so we have to isn't that wonderful though that god can put that in somebody i mean put that in you where it's not so much clawing and begging to get somewhere or go up or get promoted. or But now you have confidence that he'll take you as high as you ever want to go and beyond. And you've got to stop the process if you don't want to go that far. You know, we don't live a lot of times in, in a small percentage of what God has for us. Small percentage, but we do access Him by faith. You know, through worship and praise and lifting Him up, exalting Him. That's His. That's His address. E x a l t m e. Exalt God, and I'll come. You you knock on my door, and I'll come to you. So we access the spirit through our hearts. Our core inner being. From there God breathes his word into our hearts by spiritual substance. It's there by faith. Nobody can get it out. You can't get it out. Because God put it in there. Now you can stop obeying it. And you can retard the growth of it. But there are people that you know. I expect fully those people to come back to the Lord after they've had their run of stupidville. You know, after they get tired of running around and being stupid. Why? Because the word of God is in their hearts already. We see that all the time in church. You see people that come to church after, well, I quit going because, you know, and I never should have stopped doing that. Yeah, you're right. It might take you 10 years to come to your senses, but you'll come to your senses because God will make it so. Once it's breathed in there. It can't be rooted out. You can't root it out. Because God put it in there. You didn't put that word in there. God put that word in there. Jesus saved you. He saved you by causing you to be born of his spirit. You can't unborn yourself. Because you didn't born yourself. Just like husbands and wives. When you get married to somebody. God makes a two one flesh. You can't undo that. Because you didn't do it. It's supernatural. You'll see people who have been married and claim to be separated or divorced live apart for years. And then when they get together they grab each other's hand or have a familiar look toward one another. Why? Because God's the center of it. If God doesn't in his mercy and understanding of a situation dissolve that, God has to dissolve it. You don't dissolve anything. Divorce papers don't really. It's just paper. God this is a spiritual thing we're talking about there so God breathes into our hearts his love creates a door for us for his word to enter the love transaction of God causes his word to be imparted to us and dwell in us not faith love. When God begins to speak to you and you yield to it, it's a love transaction. Not faith, it's love. Love has that ability to soften hardened hearts, open blinded eyes. Love does all of that. Hmm? When that door is open, then the deposit of faith comes in. Amen? Yeah it's like a romance you know you love somebody you are open to receive what they have for you what they say to you like their words you like the way they interact with you you know that kind of thing and so God has to romance us in to receiving much of what he has for us so his love creates the open door the receptivity of our hearts to his word. That's why sometimes God can give you something distasteful to do, and you do it anyway. He smoothes you. He smoothes you into doing it. Ah, uh-huh. sure he does. I remember when when uh, I the Lord told me about the ministry you know I'd been saved for a little bit and he, I knew I was going to do a work for him but I wasn't sure what it was he hadn't really told me any of the details but I had had some experiences you know with people you know casting out their devils taking authority ministering to them and stuff like that <clears throat> and one day I saw a vision of myself walking with a man on the beach and I had a a favorite captain that I would wear around the house it was like an off white color and you know if I just wanted to get lazy and relaxed I would put it on and so I was wearing that and he was wearing a robe and I knew it was Jesus just from the effect it had it wasn't my husband trust me Uh, (laughs) this was a supernatural guy somebody much more loving and all that kind of stuff he was perfect and we were walking on the beach going toward the water and he started telling me some things in my ear that I was going to do and he had his arm around my shoulder like we were old friends or something and I would he would tell me something like you know how a man would would flirt with you like baby baby you know come here let me tell you this I'm gonna tell you this and I would say no I don't want to do that and then I go back I said tell me more (laughs) you know and so, and it, it was, you know, a call to war, you know, a call to con- confronting spiritual forces. He said, get, get used to using your authority over the enemy in darkness because that's what you're going to do. And then later on, he began to tell me that he could not get people who wanted to study war. So I knew that study, prayer, writing, books, all that stuff would be a major part of what I did and training warriors who would be able to carry those things out. And so just from that, but he told it to me in a way that was loving, intimate, and relationship oriented so that I would know that he would be with me and he would help me and I would trust him. See, you trust those who love you. You don't trust enemies. You're crazy to surround yourself with negative people or enemies. People criticize you and what you do for God. Now you're crazy to get around people like that. You, You surround yourself with people who see eye to eye. And that's intimacy with God. So this is where the intimacy with God causes us to conceive the promises. It's got to be imparted inside of your heart for it to be real. It's deposited in our hearts and we have what desire by spiritual substance. It's all spiritual substance. And this substance begins to form the desired outcome. Whatever it is, if it's victory over sickness, if it's uh, new joints, or new eyes, or new vision, or new anything, you'll get that. The substance begins to form the desired outcome. And then we're led by the Holy Spirit, by the drawing of the Spirit toward more of that spiritual substance. It begins to grow on the inside of us. Just like a baby would grow in a mother's womb. It grows on the inside of us. So looking in the natural will not cause you to conceive what God has for you. Just forget it. It, it, If you get it, you'll hate the fact that you got it at some point. I remember somebody who said that they they thought non-Christians were nicer than Christians. Married somebody was a non-Christian. Worst move they ever made. Well... The person cheated on her from day one. You know. If you got somebody who's under God's authority. He's scared to cheat. (laughs) You know. If he got good sense. You know. But unbelievers they don't know anything but cheating. Cheating and you know lying. And you know just a bunch of trouble for nothing. Because they deceived themselves into believing a lie. You don't ever believe heathens are better than God's people. Ever. I don't care how much you think you love somebody. Stay around God's people, you know. Sometimes people feel that way because they feel on the same level with a sinner. You have to watch the condition that you're in when you make these kinds of covenants. See. You don't backslide and go get married. You get restored in God, and then you find somebody. You got me? You you do the right thing. You don't go off scouting for stuff uh, off limits, and you know. Talking to people on Facebook, you don't care if they're sinners or not and all this kind of just, just stop doing that stuff. It gets to be a trap for the enemy to get us ensnared. You don't need to be ensnared. You need to stay with God. Amen. All right. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Giving us the right things at the right time. We need your word, Lord. We need to grow in wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And we thank you for that knowledge, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen.